0: You are, you, are, you, are,
1: you are listening to Studio 41. Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. I'm your host and quiz master, Aditya. Did you know that Alexander named 70 cities after himself, all of which he invariably named Alexandria? Talk about vanity, huh? Did you know that the entire city of Paris does not have a single stop sign on its roads, not even one? And if you didn't know these nuggets of scrumptious trivia, then you are in the right place. This is Quiz Time India, a quiz podcast where nothing is made up and yet somehow the points don't matter. Well, what a week it has been. Sergey Turov, self-proclaimed Siberian Jesus, was arrested after running a cult for 30 years. Nicholas Escobar, nephew of Pablo Escobar, finds 18 million dollars in cash hidden inside his wall. And finally... Manchester United plays yet another bid for Jordan Sancho and you thought your crush was playing hard to get. And now, without any further ado, let us begin with today's episode. Up first is the matter of the audience question. Last week, we had Titash Banerjee on the podcast and this was his question to the audience.
0: So, someone said, mate, they want you on that balcony pronto. Else, we could have a Ruddy riot on our hands. So mate, they want you on that balcony pronto. Else we could have a Ruddy riot on our hands. This was Ken Barrington, the England manager to the Indian captain. Who had literally slept through arguably India's greatest cricketing moment till date. So who was this Indian captain who had slept off while India went on to record a memorable victory and which was this famous test match or just name the venue of this famous test match during which an elephant from Chessington Zoo had arrived at the ground as well.
1: And the correct answer was Ajit Wadekar at the Oval in 1971. Congratulations on Ishpagji for getting it right. If you too would like to participate and answer the audience question, listen to the audience question at the end of each episode and send in your answers to at the rate india on Instagram and on Facebook. Now to this week's episode. Who do we have today? Can we have a drum roll, please? Well, he's a mechanical engineer by education, a graphic designer by occupation and a Bangalore FC fan by passion. Roland Gomes is in the hot seat today. He's been a quizzer for a decade now, and news reached me of his work as a quiz master. And I had to sit through one of his quizzes, and truth be told, it was one of the most fun that I've had in a quiz. So, without any further delay, you are listening to Quiz Time India. My name is Aditya. Welcome to the show. Hello, Roland. Welcome to Quiz Time India. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing fine, Aditya.
1: How about you? I've been doing great. Another opportunity to quiz, so that is always a good sign. Yes. So, Roland, before we start, I thought I'll just quickly brush up on the rules, especially for those who have joined us for the first time or those who are new to the podcast. Sure? Yeah, sure. All right. So, the rules are very simple. We both take turns asking each other questions. Questions which have stories in them, questions with lots of facts and trivias and clues. And if and when either of us needs any hint or an inkling or a tip or a pointer, we can provide them as and when required. And together with us, the audience also will get to know some new facts and information. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Great. So as is the tradition, I will be taking the first strike and I will ask you your first question. Remember, if you need hints... Do let me know and I will provide them as I deem fit.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Shall I start? Yeah, sure.
1: Alright. So your first question starts with Lohia Machinery. Does the name ring any bell? Lohia Machinery. No. Alright. So Lohia Machinery started out in the year 1972 in Kanpur, Uttar Pradesh as a synthetic yarn manufacturer. 1972 they started out and in 1984 in a bid to diversify its operations it signed a collaboration agreement with an Italian company. So earlier in 72 they started manufacturing synthetic yarn and in 84 they entered an entirely different field when they signed a collaboration agreement with an Italian company. Now this Italian company initially started out by making products in the aeronautical and naval field but after the world war Italy promised the Allies, because Italy and Germany were on the same side, Italy promised the Allies that it will stop its war activities. And thus, the aircraft industry took a beating. So this company, since they were making aircraft and aeronautical products, they could not do so anymore. And then they had to pivot to an industry, to a product, with which they are known till this day. Can you name this product... ...that this Italian company made... ...alongside Loya Machinery in India... ...and can you name... ...this Italian company?
2: So... ...many of the companies that I remember... ...that used to have military backgrounds... Hmm. ...and after the World Wars... Okay. ...they went back to doing... ...automobiles, let's say... ...you have... Uh, ...you have BMW... ...BMW is a company which okay. used to do... Airplanes. ...so I'm thinking... ...Fiat? Is it Fiat? Like Fiat cars were very popular in India back then, so...
1: You, uh, that's a very good guess actually. You are absolutely on the right track. That is not the right answer, but you are absolutely on the right track. That much I'll tell you.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Is it the Padmini?
1: No, it's not. So let me tell you some more about Lohia machinery. As I said, it started out in the year 1972... Okay. This collaboration with the Italian company, as I said, started in 1984 and it lasted only till 1999. Lomia Machinery filed for insolvency in 2017, and in 2019, its factory was dismantled completely. All the spare parts or whatever machinery was there, everything, all the tools, was sold to a company in Germany. Does that
2: Is this the ambassador, Hindustan Motors?
1: No, it is not.
2: Okay. Again,
1: you are thinking in the right direction, but maybe you need a little bit of little course correction.
2: Fiat, ambassador, what closed in last year? I'm totally at a loss right now. All right. Let me tell you
1: some of the models of the product that they made. Okay. Maybe this might get you in. So the models were select, Star, Graptor, and Freedom Prima.
2: Oh, I don't recognize any of these.
1: Okay, so, you were thinking in the right direction. This was automobiles, but you were thinking four-wheelers.
2: This is a two-wheeler.
1: Absolutely. So, the story is that Corradino Diascanio was an aeronautical engineer back around World War in Italy and he found that motorcycles were cumbersome, unsafe. He believed them to be bulky, dirty, and unreliable, and I totally agree with him. <laughs> so he decided to change the whole structure of how a motor- motorcycle looks, the whole assembly of it, and he came up with what is known today as a scooter. Oh. And then this guy, Corradino de went to one guy called Enrico Piaggio who was making aeronautical products before the war. And he showed him this thing called the scooter. It wasn't called a scooter, but this prototype he showed to Enrico Piaggio. And Piaggio saw the shape of it and realized the front part. If you've seen a scooter, the front is relatively smaller compared to the back because the back has the engine. So the front was small, the back was bigger. And he said in Italian that this looks like a wasp. Now, can you tell me... Vespa. Absolutely.
2: The Piaggio
1: Vespa. Wasp in Italian is Vespa. And Piaggio is the parent company which owns Vespa. And they came into Indian market in 1984. And they came up with products uh, such as Select, Star, Draptor, Freedom Primer, all scooters. Now, can you tell me what was the name of the collaboration? Uh, Bajaj. No, no. Bajaj was the competitor. So, it was Lohia Machinery Limited and that gives us LML. So, the partnership was called oh. LML Vespa. And... Okay, okay. That was the name of the parent company in India. Both LML and Vespa owned equal percentage of it. And I was reading up about the Vespa, the scooters, and... Of course, as I said, scooter manufacturing started around the World War, right after the World War. But it wasn't until Hollywood got its hands on it that it became really famous. So, in 1953, Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck were seen riding a Vespa in a Roman holiday. The movie did exceedingly well. It was one of the biggest hits. And the next year, James Dean, John Wayne and Marlon Brando were photographed with a Vespa. And with Ooh. that, Vespa became a global brand. In fact, the Audrey Hepburn Gregory Peck Vespa, if you've seen Roman Holiday or if you've even seen the poster, that's one of the most famous posters going around. They are on a Vespa. That Vespa got recently sold in an auction for 2 crores.
2: Wow. Wow. Yes. This was a very wonderful question.
1: But you were really close. You were really close in the direction. I really like how you went with automobiles.
2: I, I actually thought about the Vespa. When the first, okay. uh, when you said Italy, I thought uh, two things came to my mind. One was the Fiat and one was the Vespa. But uh, then I thought that the Vespa to be much more modern than the World War. Maybe a decade later or something.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Now, Roland, it's your turn. You get to ask me a question. Be gentle, be nice. <laughs> Come on, take it away.
2: Okay. So, I've kept the first one pretty easy. So, this iconic sound from the world of movies has a very interesting origins. It was developed from the hum Hmm. of an idling interlock motors in aged movie projectors. An interference caused by old TV sets on a shieldless microphone. These sounds were combined and then developed Hmm. into the sound we are all familiar with. Which is this
1: iconic sound? The fact that you mentioned interference and my first thought goes towards the static interference that we keep hearing on radio and TV. So my guess is going to be an HBO, although I'm not so sure about the rest of it. But I think it's the HBO before a movie or a TV show. The static noise that we hear. I will Uh, go with that
2: that. The sound logo of HBO, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty good guess, but no. It's, it's a sound from oh. a movie, like a specific movie. Or if I could give you a clue, a movie franchise. This sound comes in multiple movies, I guess.
1: This sound comes in multiple movies and who uses this?
2: It's a sound used by the franchise. Like it's not, a, it's not like a sound logo. It's a particular sound, like uh, okay. maybe a character or uh, something, right? It's like a sound within a movie, mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. not like, a, let's say a Netflix logo sound. The Thadum. It's not like that. It's a specific sound y- yeah, yeah. within a movie.
1: Interesting, interesting.
2: You need any more clues? I have
1: sixth and seventh here, but
2: it's. An iconic sound, that's not necessarily used in the start of a movie or something. Okay.
1: Are we talking about like a sound effect or something like Jaws music?
2: Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, correct, correct. You can call it a sound effect. It's a sound effect from a very famous film franchise, which can be regarded as a cult classic. One of the best sci-fi movies ever made.
1: Is this something... Like a Terminator. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I think I know what it is. Is this the Predator?
2: No, no. I'll give you the s- name of the sound designer if it helps you. His name is sure. Ben Burt. Okay. He heard this story from the director of the film. And mm-hmm. he wanted this sound, this sound effect to be to be mm-hmm. very unique. Now because it was a sci-fi movie okay. They could have used Like okay. maybe the sound of a laser Or something like that Ben Burt wanted this sound to be unique He wanted people To remember this sound yeah. Even after like, like decades yeah. and all. So he Yes He heard this sound of mm. the Those old movie projectors The interlock motors That are inside the projectors He yeah. heard the hum of it that disturbance that stayed with him he recorded that he recorded the interference that is caused by the old TV sets using a shieldless microphone I got
1: it I got it I think I know what it is now I don't know why it took me so long why didn't I think of Star Wars (laughs) for all this while but these are the lightsaber sounds am I correct
2: yes yes Ah. yes you are this is the iconic lightsaber sound. What was the name of the sound designer? Ben Burtt. Ben Burtt. Believe it or not, Star Wars was Ben Burt's first ever movie project. Like a commercial movie project.
1: I mean, that's some work.
2: <laughs> yes, he, he was just out of his art college or something. I'm not sure. And George Lucas was planning to do the Star Wars movie. And... His go-to sound designer was not available, so somebody had referred Ben Burt to George Lucas, and both of these sat and uh, discussed about how this sound should be. Many of the sounds are very unique. Let's just say the the gun sound, right? I beg your pardon, because I've not seen the Star Wars any single one of the movies ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've seen it in the past ten years, but I, so I know what sounds you're talking about.
2: Yeah. There's a the gun, right? So that's that sound was made from the vibration of uh, the cables. You have these radio towers, right? Uh, they have these huge tension yeah. wires that keep them anchoring to yeah. the ground, the old ones. So whenever yeah. Ben Burt used to cross, like walk on the road, he used to hear the wind go through that cable. And that cable used to vibrate ever so slightly, give that very, very rustic sound uh-huh. and he recorded that sound and he developed that into that pew pew sound,
1: brilliant, that. outstanding,
2: and even R2D2 was Ben Burt himself, oh, is
1: it? Yes. That is an amazing question Roland, that was a nice trip that you took me on there, well done. Yeah, thank you. So, are you ready for your next question? yeah i'm ready all right nolan are you aware of this concept of gamification
2: Ah, i've heard of it
1: okay let me just give you a basic idea of what it is so it's basically application of game design elements and game principles into an extremely non-gaming context so an example of that would be okay that during the iraq war in 2003 u.s army found that their troops were facing immense difficulty in remembering the who's who of Iraqi forces. So, everyone knew Saddam Hussein, everyone knew his maybe the top few generals. But after that, who all are there in the hierarchy? What all areas are they covering or or controlling rather? It became tough after a while. And there was a huge list of these people. So, to solve this issue, what they did was, what the US Army did was, They found a very ingenious way of solving it. They made a list of the most dangerous people in the Iraqi army. And then they put them in an order. Ascending order, descending order, whichever way you want to look at it. Obviously, it ended on one end with Saddam Mm. being at the top. So they made a list of all these people. And then they incorporated this list into a very old game. A traditional game. And this tradition, it is said is not new it has happened during the civil war and even during the world war second they would include the list okay. of your opposition generals and hierarchies into this old traditional game so that the people who are playing this game who are getting involved in this game invariably subconsciously slowly start remembering the data that the army wanted them to remember, which in this case is the who's who of Iraqi forces. Can you tell me, which game are we talking hmm. about?
2: Okay, so you said war. Yes. You said army generals. Yes. And that leads me to only one game that I can think of is chess.
1: No, it's not chess. Because there are hierarchies, there is is
2: are... It, is it like a computer game?
1: No, it's not a computer. It, as I said, it was uh, even this trick was even used in world war and civil war which is much much before computers yeah, were there.
2: much much before computers yes yeah. yes yes is it card games like did they put their faces on the cards the playing cards
1: you are absolutely right you are absolutely right
2: oh <laughs> it is said
1: that there are 200 decks of cards which were printed And, of course, some of them are collector's edition right now. And uh, what they did was they made a list of 52 most dangerous or the high-ranking officials in the Iraqi army. The number one, the ace of spades was, of course, Saddam. Uh, Saddam's son, Kase or Kuse, if I'm getting his name right, was the ace of clubs. Saddam's son, Uday, was the ace of hearts. Saddam's secretary and uh, the one who basically did the running around for him was the ace of diamonds. And whenever they would play, and this used to be apparently one of the biggest pastimes, these guys' faces were printed on top of the cards. And that is how they would remember who's who of the army and what is their hierarchies. So I was actually reading about Ace of Spades. There were some interesting stories that I came to know about Ace of Spades. There's another story. The story went, as I said, this entire using cards has been around for a while. Apparently, in the Vietnam War, the American soldiers Mm -hmm. started to believe this rumor that the Vietnamese were scared of Ace of Spades because they believed it's a symbol of death. So, the American soldiers, in a bid to use psychological warfare, whenever they would shoot down or kill a Vietnamese soldier, they would leave an Ace of Spades on the dead body. So, what eventually ended up happening was... They ended up killing so many people that the American army had to get decks of cards printed. And then they realized there's no point since they only needed an ace of spades. They got decks made of made up of just ace of spades. Just so that they could be put on top of the body. Wow. So yeah, that is something that I found.
2: Wow, wow, wow. I never knew this. <laughs> this is so interesting.
1: Even I had a TIL quite recently about it.
2: Even I read about like recently that U.S. Army, the U.S. Marines, the U.S. Yeah. Navy, they they have started uh, getting their own Twitch accounts now to recognize youngsters who are really good at playing all these warfare games to get them into the army or something.
1: Yeah, I was actually on Twitch and uh, this uh, U.S. Marine, oh. I'm not sure which position this person was on. He was on Twitch. He was streaming some video game. And that is the part of their outreach program that since a lot of younger generation, a lot of the kids are on Twitch, they are streaming video games. So the army thought, you know, it will be a good place to outreach, but the kids these days are smart enough. So when this army official went online and he started playing, the chat got bombarded with all questions about different wars and about classified documents. And it got really (laughs) embarrassing really quick for the army and they had to shut down the chat if I'm not mistaken. I think they let it open. It's only, oh. it's only our monkey bath which gets the chat boxes get stopped. Okay. Anyways, that was... Uh, wow. <laughs> that was an absolutely correct answer. Well done on that, Roland. You nailed the answer. Now it's your turn to ask me a question.
2: From Danisate's ability to make anything mobile phone or how Rakesh Sharma saved Burma from space... This Sunday, October the 4th, we have a part 2 of the Great India Quiz. It is going to be hosted by our very own quizzing legend, Dr. Naveen Jaikumar. It is at 3.45pm on a Zoom call. If you have answers, witty puns, fun facts, we have prizes worth 10k for it all. For tickets, go to insider.in and look for India Wants to Know or IWTK. We hope to see you all there. Set
0: on Quiz is an open general quiz for teams of two which is happening on the 10th of October. With the prelims happening at 12pm via YouTube live with the registered participants getting a google form and the finals happening on zoom. The finals will have buzzer rounds to capture the excitement of live quizzes that we all miss. You can register for the quiz by going to the Instagram page of the Quiz Geeks and clicking the link in our bio. The registration fees is Rs 40 for individuals and Rs. 60 for teams of two. For any further clarifications, contact 81370-12937.
2: Well, well, well. So, here's an interesting TIL. How much do you like cricket, Aditya?
1: I'm quite a fan of it.
2: Okay, so you'd love this. So, X, that's a player, he made his test debut at Lords against Pakistan in 2010. Okay. Coming in at number 8 and number 9, respectively in the two innings, he scored a total of 13 runs in both the innings. While okay. he didn't get to bowl in the first innings, X picked up hmm. wickets of opener Imran Farhat, Kamran Akmal and Umar Gul to finish with three scabs on debut. Sure. Although Pakistan won the... Test and also the series eventually, this hmm. X went on to become a very famous player. Identify X. Hmm. The match is. Uh, what, what year
1: was the match played? 2010. 2010. If I'm not mistaken, hmm. I think there's a trick involved in this question. And I'm just going to go on a hunch. Obviously. That the trick is that during those years, okay. Pakistan was not playing any cricket at home. Which I don't think it's still playing quite a lot.
2: Correct. And
1: at that time... Correct. Quite a few of the matches... For the Pakistani team... Were set up in England. So not only did Pakistan play England in England... They played other teams also in England. One of which I remember is Australia.
2: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And now that you... You seriously went through that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And... Wow. The fact that (laughs) you mentioned
1: this person, this person batted quite low, but picked up three wickets. Yes, yes. And uh, how much did they score this person? Uh, 13 runs in total, right? If I'm not mistaken?
2: 13 runs in total, yes.
1: I'm going to go on a hunch, although I might be wrong with this, but one of the debuts from that time... Started out as a leg spinner, so maybe bats so low. I think it's Steve Smith.
2: Wow, you got it! Absolutely nailed it, man! It is Steve Smith. I really thought I was like I had. I had three clues, kept it ready, like. <laughs> and you absolutely nailed it. I have my
1: moments once in a while. I won't take wow. too much credit for it, but I do have my moments <laughs> once in a while. <laughs>
2: Wow, this was brilliant. Brilliant, Aditya,
1: brilliant. One of the reasons why I remember wow. that period is because I was reading up about Muhammad Amir a few days ago. And that is when the entire Muhammad brilliant. Amir incident happened or the match-fixing incident happened. And I think it yes, was yes, the same... Yes. Was it the same Australia series? I think it was the same Australia series. If that was the next year, sorry. The Australia series was in 2010 and th- uh, the next year, 11 is when... The match fixing or the spot fixing scandal came out. So
2: that is why I had an idea that
1: things like oh. that had happened.
2: Was it was it after the World Cup or before the World Cup? Like the Ahmed incident?
1: I think it must have been. So like
2: th- 2011 was the World Cup, yet, yes,
1: right? Yes, uh, the World Cup was in March, April, uh-huh. and uh, I'm imagining the English season the way it starts. Uh, it must have been after the World Cup that this incident happened. The spot fixing incident happened. Oh,
2: okay, yes. Anyways,
1: since you asked me a cricket question, I'll ask you one in return.
2: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Are you a cricket fan?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, I was a cricket fan, Hmm? now a football fan. (laughs) Alright. Yeah, Yeah, let's see, let's see.
1: So this I found on an Indian Express article. Craig Brathwaite is a Barbados-born cricketer. He's a Barbadian cricketer who plays internationally for West Indies. He's a right-handed opening batsman and occasionally bowls right arm off break and has been playing since 2011. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of Craig Brathwaite? Yes, yes, yes. I've heard of him. Great. Brathwaite, when he was in Barbados, he used to study at Combermere School in St. Michael. That was his school's name, Combermere School. And the place, the town in Barbados in which he studied was called St. Michael. And as a child, Craig Brathwaite was very tiny and a very scrawny, puny kind of a kid. And eventually what would happen, a lot of mm-hmm. elder, stronger, bigger kids would pick on him and bully him on the school bus. That is what was happening. Mm-hmm. But then, someone, four-year Craig Brathwaite senior, who used to get on the same school bus at the same stop, started Protecting Craig Brathwaite. This person basically took this tiny Craig Brathwaite, tiny kid, put Craig on the lap and told all the bullies not to touch him. And if in case they did, this person even went to fight the bullies. So that is the story. And the question is, can you identify this person? Uh. So think about it. What all information do you have?
2: Uh identify this person I I remember reading about this, but I s sh- can't remember like can't remember who the person is. I remember reading about this. Brathwaite had won his team a very important match, like hitting the last over for a lot of sixes. I remember that, right?
1: Okay, okay. That was Carlos Brathwaite.
2: Oh okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that that's where I got confused. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, Carlos Brathwaite and Craig Brathwaite, first of all, are not related. They both went to the same school, which is the same St. Michael School. And this person who I want you to identify was actually Carlos Brathwaite's classmate. So, both of them, Carlos Brathwaite and the person that you are to identify, uh. are four years senior to Craig Brathwaite.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that is the okay. background of okay. the thing.
2: Mm. Interesting. Mm. Is this Is this another guy also... A West Indian cricketer?
1: No. West Indian, of course, but not cricketer.
2: No. Oh, Usain what?
1: He's Jamaican.
2: Oh, yeah, he's Jamaican. Yeah. Sorry, correct. This is Barbados. Mm. Okay, I-,
1: I will course correct you. You're thinking of a guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not a guy.
2: Ah, okay. It's not a guy.
1: Yeah. And if I may say so, b- because of my lack of knowledge... The most famous Barbadian person right now in the world.
2: Cardi B? She
1: is not from the Caribbean. But you are on the right track. You are really close now. Wait,
2: wait, wait. wait. Okay, is she a singer then? Absolutely. A singer from Barbados. Yes. Mm. Come on, Roland. A singer from Barbados.
1: Yes, you're almost there. Ah, no, man.
2: I can't remember. Ah,
1: so this girl was four years Craig Brathwaite Sr. Her name was Robin, Robin Fenty. And many years later, she would become this huge pop star under a different name called Rihanna. And that was the story of Rihanna. Yes, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. That is... That is absolutely so bizarre of a fact. That
1: is such a big, weird coincidence. And that's how the world works, I guess.
2: Yes, I know, right?
1: Absolutely.
2: I know, right? Wow. I didn't, I didn't know Rihanna was from Barbados. Uh, she was
1: from the Caribbean. And I also remember she was there in the previous World Cup in 2019. The World Cup. She had come to the ground to support uh, the team. Okay and i think that is when the story came out that okay so her classmate was carlos brathwaite who was in the team and craig is her junior and mm-hmm. you know they both they mm-hmm. go such a long way back they both know each other so there was entire stories in the newspapers and that is when this article came out and that was it yes you you there you got there bud. wow wow <laughs> your turn now So those were two back to back cricket questions. It's just a matter of chance that Roland also decided to ask me a cricket question. But the reason Roland, I asked you this question is because there's another podcast that I've recently started, which is called Outside of Stump. It's a cricket podcast. And we're starting out with the IPL. And what I'm basically doing is getting statistics from different sources and giving the best small bite-sized analysis of the games from the previous day. And not only that, there will be quiz questions in that in every episode. If you listeners enjoyed this question, do tune in to the other podcast, which is called Outside of Stump. Now, Roland, for the audience question, the audience is waiting, Roland. Take it away.
2: Here's a very interesting event that happened in 1967 and uh, as we all know Nike and, and Adidas are the fiercest of rivals when it comes to brands so Nike was seeking out a name for their newly rolled out sneakers and they finally managed to settle on the name Aztec but when the sneaker giants and rivals Adidas threatened to sue them over the name as they already had a track spike named Azteca Gold now Nike looking to knock them off their perch and get an upper hand in the business. They named their newly rolled out sneakers after someone that was meant to be an aggressive stance against Adidas. These sneakers would then turn into a cult classic and a symbol for the hip hop generation. Now, what did Nike name their newly released sneakers and why did they settle on that name?
1: All right so that was Roland's question which name did Nike come up with and why did they settle with the name if you think you know the answer all you have to do is find us on social media platforms on Instagram it is at the rate quiz time India since this is studio 41 podcast you can also send in your answers to at the rate podcast studio 41 on Instagram Twitter and on Facebook and you can let us know what you think is the answer
2: thank you so much Aditya the pleasure was all mine I love doing
1: this. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you enjoy the show, I would really request you to share it with your friends and family. Share it with your quizzing brethren. The bigger the tribe, the better it is. And if you have any feedback, well, do let us know. You can send me a mail at studio41podcast at gmail.com or, of course, on our social media handles. That is at the rate podcast studio forty one. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, Quiz Time India on Facebook and Instagram. You must be listening to this podcast on a streaming app of your choice. Maybe Spotify, maybe Apple Podcasts, maybe Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed this, wherever you are listening to it, because remember, there's an option of rating this podcast. So please do rate us. That helps it for other people to discover this podcast. That's all for today. Thank you for your time. You can thank me for mine. Goodbye.